0: welcome to ape tv on spotify i'm your host Chimpin chip the genius ape of bsc with me today is vaziris marketing manager from lossless welcome to the show hey uh glad to be here thanks for having me yeah happy to have you on board it's really cool service um and so let's dive into it uh Sure, sure with the lossless protocol it freezes fraudulent transactions based on a set of fraud identification parameters and returns stolen funds back to the owner's account. So this sounds too good to be true. So you got to (laughs) explain it to me a bit. Yeah,
1: basically, you know, uh, lossless is like a code that you can insert in your token contract. And basically, if you adopt the lossless standard, that's how we uh, like to call it. that uh, that few lines of code checks a couple of factors, you know, uh, in every transaction that's happening with the token. Um, and then basically if all of these factors uh, are triggered, then the, um, uh, the transaction is, uh, you know, categorized as suspicious one and it's frozen for a specific period of time. So basically it just checks um, uh, for the size of the transactions. You know, we don't want to kind of stop regular activity on blockchain, so we only look at, uh, transactions of a significant size, uh, then um, we look at the whether the receiver address is whitelisted or not. You know, we whitelist DEXs, lending and borrowing protocols, other DeFi protocols, such as Pancake Swap, Alpaca Finance, Aave, Compound, you know, um, all these protocols that are, are expected to handle these large transactions when you're entering or exiting a pool, you know, setting up a liquidity farm and, and so on and so forth. And uh, then a third, uh, a third factor that is checked is whether the uh, sender address has interacted with the same token or protocol uh, before, uh, and the token in question, you know, because a lot of times uh, hackers or people who are uh, engaging in an exploit, they, or especially using flash loans, they're looking to work with a clean uh, wallet, clean and a clean address. In order to avoid leaving any breadcrumbs that could help uh, trace uh, trace the origin and and trace the perpetrator. So basically, if these all of the if these transactions are met uh, uh, and done in a fast uh, in a short time period, then the 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 lossless code would uh, automatically freeze the transaction for. Uh, period of 24 hours during which the decision-making body uh, has the time to decide whether this is actually a hack or whether this is just a, you know, a transaction that is unusual. And if it gets decided that it's actually a hack, then the transaction gets reverted. reverted. And uh, if uh, the, there's no decision made, or if the body uh, decides that it's not an a, not a exploit and not a hack, then the transaction is sent to the intended recipient. So, you know, in a nutshell, that's how lossless works.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it has a couple elements to it. So first, and this is a concept that I really love personally, is this is the market regulating itself right? So token teams can use this to provide better security and protection to their users. So this is a great example of how a free market can regulate itself. And then second, it's addressing a huge need. Uh, You know, 2021 is going to be a record year for hacks. And if you look at 2020, right, 122 major hacks at $3.8 billion in value. So, this, this type of a service is really, really needed. Um, so, talk to me about what you think 2021 numbers are going to be. Is it going to be like 8 billion, 10 billion? Like, <laughs> where are we going to land for 2021 on this?
1: I think it's going to be insane, you know? And, you know, it just looks like every month we get an, the. Uh, an even more outrageous uh, you know number uh, regarding to the poly ho- poly network hack that we had recently it was six hundred million dollars you know in a one one exploit that's that's just insane and it uh, as I said, you know it only uh, vouches to the to the need. Of solutions uh, in the DeFi space because uh, as the DeFi industry grows in value and in use and in usage you know and in protocol numbers so the potential attack vectors are growing too and on top of the on top of that the the value that is in within the system and you know uh, is facing a potential exploit is growing too so um, and you know we, do, we we don't have to forget that it's real uh, real people's money you know we're talking about right. so the potential damage you know to their uh, say, to their well-being to their savings and and to the future of the industry is needed so uh, uh, so we see and we get a lot of traction you know and we, we see uh, a lot of uh, token projects reaching out to us talking about defi security because it's it's a big aching problem
0: mhm yeah, it's a very, very big problem. And so what type of exploits is Lossless going to be on the hunt for? Like, what, what are you guys going to see?
1: Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, Lossless uh, covers exploits which have anything to do with the token contract. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can help if our code is not in- injected into the token code. So basically, um, we can uh, help with uh, to avoid rug pulls. Um, so m- whenever um, there's a movement or selling of a large population both- portion of a token fast you know unauthorized uh, minting pro- practices that you know uh some tokens leave a backdoor to kind of mint new tokens and then just dump it uh, on the community uh then you know because we're looking at the size of this transaction and and in the we're uh, looking a lot of at, at the duration of of the transaction uh, so flash loans attack flash loan attacks uh, uh, can also be mitigated mitigated by by the lossless code and uh, I guess ex- exit scams and any other smart contract vulnerabilities, you know, that, that allows to quickly move tokens uh, from one place uh, to another uh, and or to an unwhitelisted protocol. That's great.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of coverage. Yeah but that
1: you know that's that is for starters and then in the future we what we also want to do but but that's you know uh, later down the development road is uh, to have uh, uh L wrap tokens you know so we could uh, provide some extra security to DeFi liquidity pools and to lending reserves so uh you would then basically wrap the reserve assets whether it would be ethereum or whether it would be you know usdc or usdt into the lossless standard and then it if someone it try someone tries to remove a huge amount of your reserve asset uh then the lossless code would initiate and you know uh, in this way we would we will create like l eth lbdc and and stuff uh, like that
0: hmm. well that's really cool and so now with these l eth and lbtc Are are you talking about these are just going to be spread like seeds in the wind, like they're going to AVAX, they're going to Tron, they're going to Ethereum, you know, like they're going to all chains possible or are there certain chains that you're targeting for these wrapped
1: uh, well, for for the wrap, you know, it's still undecided yet because you know, at first we want to kind of finalize the uh, the launch of the of the basic lossless code functionality, and then the L wrap tokens, uh, you know, comes later on. So I just don't want to say something sure. that might <laughs> we might pivot in in the future, and you know, it yeah. might uh, come back to bite me in the ass. But uh, right now, let's say with, with the basic functionality, we're, we're covering uh, Binance, Smart Chain and Ethereum, basically because they're the most active and you know, um, have the most uh, exploits. And we are also launching on, on Polygon very soon. So these are the three directions that we're uh, moving uh, towards right now. And I'm sure we will, we will, uh, we will uh, expand more.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So now, one of the things, and this is something that I've learned quite well, uh, being involved with ApeSwap is, okay, with Bitcoin and, and Ethereum to a certain extent, the idea was just raw decentralization, right? Super, <laughs> super, super hard to pull off, major, major, major challenge, and I don't know that, you know, like. I don't know how truly decentralized Bitcoin has been at certain times. Like it gets better and it ebbs and flows. But what I've learned being in BSC is the element of centralization in any facet of a DeFi project is usually really, really beneficial. And so we see that in BSC with the access to tokens, right? So the wrapped Doge and wrapped uh, Ripple and wrapped Bitcoin and all the different things that you have access to in a DeFi ecosystem, it's only facilitated through that element of centralization. So I think that sometimes people get ultra defensive about just even implying that there's elements of centralization, but it's actually a huge benefit in, in most cases. So with lossless, you mentioned that you have to insert a line of code into the token contract. And so that introduces an element of centralization. And you guys call that the lifeguard concept. So can you talk to me about, like, how you created this concept within this framework and what benefit that uh, centralization provides to anybody?
1: Yeah, I I think you covered it pretty well. You know, there's there's this, like... um... A good ideal of decentralization but actually since it's like a new industry that nobody really knows how to make it perfect yet so we are walking on this you know slippery slope and trying to balance ourselves you know how to provide uh, security and usage uh, uh, user friendliness and and uh, you know accessibility with, but Without compromising, you know, uh, the the notion of decentralization. So, you know, we're talking a lot about this uh, in, inside the team, and we try to um, try to, you know, limit ourselves in the way that even if we insert the code, you know, we cannot like override it. We cannot do with the token whatever we want, and you know to kind of put some boundaries even for ourselves because we don't want uh, it to come back to haunt us later on. So first of all, you know, the thing is like we said, okay, we even if we freeze freeze a transaction, you know, we cannot freeze it indefinitely. There should be a time period. Right now we're thinking about 24 hours, you know, just to give time to for, for, uh, you know, involved parties to assess the situation and to make a decision without rushing too much, but also without the delaying, um, uh, without the delay. Uh, So we don't want to, uh, like, compromise the the regular activity on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, we we try to target only the, the, you know, some transactions that might actually do a lot of harm you know so basically that's the the limit on on the on the value of the transaction so I think right now we we are set if the transaction is 100 worth 100k or more then we kind of are looking at it right if it's like below that number we have to kind of let it pass and um, so we're trying to deal with it you know um, as we go uh, because there's there's actually not no, no sweet spot yet, and I think you know the, the, the example of Poly Network hack is a, is a good example uh, too. I think you know because once that hack happened and you know once the um, perpetrators addresses and wallets were identified, so uh, they were instantly you know marked in, uh, on BSC and also on Ethereum and uh, BSC uh, you know froze the accounts. Then the tether. Uh, who also the, the the guys that run tether also, also has this functionality in built-in then that they can freeze you know tether so they did that then you know uh, i think the most of the transactions uh, that were interacting with the hackers addresses on ethereum were, were removed from the mempool so the miners you know jumped into it so it was not uh, you know you could tell that it wasn't 100 permissionless but mm-hmm. on the other hand it Help to save 600 million uh, you know in value so right. um, uh, yeah I know I know and we also you know think that this is going to be a hot topic uh, especially as, as the tools in DeFi security are gets more sophisticated and you know when we have a, a, a better um, understanding how can we, you know, col- collaborate uh, with each other to to um, and keep the decentralization um, together and intact? But uh, right now, we're starting as and we're learning as we go.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's really all you could. That's really all you could do. Yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Um, you, you have to be, you know, honest with <laughs> yourself and then frank about it.
0: Yeah. We, you know, in the beginning uh, days of Ape Swap and stuff, it's like you know there isn't really a book. For these things like we're, we're writing it collectively now so you know <laughs> how it's do def- you call it like the jungle book right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be a good one uh for us particularly um so no that's great that's great comments you know and-,
1: and and i guess like whenever you talk to to people who run protocols or tokens you know that got exploited and got burned you know uh a lot of the times, these these protocols have done their due diligence. You know, they did uh, had security audits, they did stress tests, and still, the something was you know something missed in the code, or there was some vulnerability that no one kn- knew before. And when you talk to these guys, you know, said man. Man, we wish we had something mm-hmm. that, you know, actionable that we could have, you know, initiated and saved our community from all, you know, from all the negative emotion and all the and the, all the damages. But, you know, so uh, you have to find, a, I guess, the middle ground.
0: Yeah, you do. And I think, like you know, Pancake Bunny is a great example of that, right? Like they yes. won they won MVB. They were audited by Certic, I believe, and operating, you know, quite well. And then just boom, one day it's like, whoa, what happened? Yeah. And, yeah. So no one's a And, um, you know, for, for us, right. Like $750 million in assets, uh, on our decks. It's crazy. And,
1: You're growing so fast, man.
0: Right. Just... And, and our, our, biggest thing is like, we want to safeguard this, right? Like we don't want to control it. We don't want to capture the funds. You know, we removed our mitigator code or, it, or migration code, whatever the, the term is. But, um, we also like, we desperately want to make sure that people are safe and that they don't fall victim to an attack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our toolkit's limited. Our toolkit is limited without, you know, just straight up having control over it. Like, what we're, we're somewhat beholden to what's available um, in the marketplace.
1: Yeah. It's so, natural, you know, you, you have to protect your community, you know?
0: Yeah yeah if you care (laughs) so so, um with lossless it's there's two levels of loss mitigation and and now this is a really cool feature of the uh, project so you have the proof of stake hack finding platform as the first level of loss mitigation and as i understand it these are the people watching and keeping track of activity that may be suspect is that right
1: Exactly. It's like, it's going to be like, uh, we're calling it the hack explorer. So basically it will like the UI will mirror the, the one of, you know, BSC scan or ether scan. And uh, inside you'll be able to monitor all the, um, transactions with the tokens of tokens that had, uh, have in adopted the lossless, uh, standard and integrated our code into their token. And, uh, you'll be able to do it manually, but I think, you know, uh, as time goes by, people will develop bots who will do uh, who will do that monitoring. And if uh, anyone you know notices something unusual or suspicious, so uh, he or she will be able to kind of um, report the transaction by staking some tokens. Um, of LSS and so that transaction is frozen right so that would be the first step of of um, of, of the process so whether it's going to be people or bots doing it or whether it's going to be doing uh, be done automatically through the code and the process that i've uh, you know talked about before so uh, until the transaction is frozen, that's uh, one part of the process. And once that is done, so the then uh, the um, the focus is shifted to the um, decision-making body, which will be in charge. You know to do uh, to gather themselves together and uh, to make a decision within 24 hour- hours whether this is a hack. Or, or not. Uh, again, we don't want to be that the decision-making body be a centralized entity. So we yeah. are for, forming a separate system, you know, how to govern it. And um, right now the structure of the body is going to be um, uh, consisted of three parts. So one of the parts was going to be the lossless team and the representatives. The other part is going to be the team of the project that uh, is potentially being exploited, you know, because they, of course, have a say and they might uh, uh, have some background information in what's actually happening. And then the third part would be an independent lossless committee, uh, like a a committee of nine independent experts from DeFi protocols, token projects, layer ones, white hat hackers and high level executives on the industry, which will help to draw, you know, insights and help mm, to make a decision um, based on, you know, assessing the situation. So there are gonna be three groups and two of these uh, three groups will need to agree on whether this is a hack or not a hack and like the majority will win. And if it verified that a hack is truly happening, so the transaction is gonna be, uh, you know, um, reverted. And if there's no decision or a decision is that it's not a hack, then the transaction will be, uh, you know, carried on as intended in the first place.
0: Uh, That's a really cool structure and i like that it directly involves the team that was flagged right like that's going to be i think that that's going to be a huge huge uh component of it all uh because the teams will know near instantly right because that peck shield tweet will go up and then and then then the next thing you know their social channels are going to start to blow up and so if they have uh, the lossless standard in their contract, then it's going to be real quick to rally up and be like, all right, so, you exactly. know, where are we at with this? They will be the catalyst, the catalyst you know, they, they will say whether well, this is
1: truly something suspicious and we don't have any idea what's happening or whether they maybe they're just aping into a new farm with, you know, mm. 1,000 APR and they're saying, guys, it's okay, we,
0: we're, we're taking the risk on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And now this process is monetized. Um, in order to uh, obviously keep people involved Um, and so now uh, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollar hack and it catches the flag and it's deemed by the community that it is a hack then ninety three thousand dollars of the hack will be returned and then the seven percent will stay retained for the lossless uh, kind of ecosystem right
1: yeah, we we kind uh, the current model is that we don't charge any onboarding or integration fees, and you know uh, we want to keep. Uh to allow any project that, that is, you know, concerned about the security and are concerned about their community to kind of adopt the lossless standard. And then we want to just, you know, uh, I, I cannot call it a success fee, but, you know, charge a fee only if uh, we uh, successfully revert a hack or, or yeah. stop an exploit from happening. And yeah, from that, from those funds, we would take 7% and we would distribute the distribute these, uh, these, um, these 10% to, to the, uh, Uh, stakeholders some would go to the person or or the entity that identified the hack you know some will going to be back to the uh, uh, lss token holders Uh, some of it will go to the independent lossless committee you know so they would have an incentive to join and be an active part of it and then one percent will be retained by the by the company of lossless. yeah that's great
0: it's a really good structure and you know i think that not charging for uh, installing it and monitoring it, and alerting and none of that stuff. Like only charging if it actually prevents a hack. Um, I think that that shows that it was worth it, right? So, yeah, exactly. Like if, if you if you put the lossless standard into your contract and you never interact with losses, lossless ever again, you never spend a cent. Yeah. Basically. And yeah. So I mean, that's a really cool thing, and there isn't a ton, you know, outside of potential centralization criticisms there isn't a ton of reason to look away from something like this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it,
1: and it's I, also, you know, a good point. You know, for for uh, you know, upcoming or starting projects, which you know, uh, maybe don't have that huge treasuries, or and they're you know, trying trying to optimize their budget and allocation, and because they want to grow, they want to develop, they need to hire people. You know, they have a lot of uh, things uh, that are happening, and and um, so we don't want you know to for them to not adopt lo- losses because they just don't have the funds. You know, right? You know, we want to onboard as many. You know, uh, so. Uh, these solutions in DeFi, you know, uh, whether it's us or any other entity working in the DeFi security. So that becomes the norm, you know, and, and not uh, something nice to have, you know, and then everyone will benefit. So, you know, we are uh, true believers in what we're doing. We think we're going to create a huge value for the market and, you know, people will notice that. So we want to keep the threshold of, of entry as to the minimum.
0: Uh, I, uh, I couldn't agree more because... <laughs> All right, if you're a new project and let's say the market's like, oh, you got to get a Certic audit. You got to get a Certic audit, even though so many of their projects have been exploited, right? Yeah. They, they want that Certic audit. So you go to Certic, hey, we're, we're a new meme coin or whatever, right? <laughs> like we'd like to get our token contract audit because it you know routes funds back to the LP. Oh, okay. That'll be $40,000 yeah. in a four-month turnaround. Thank you. <laughs> so, exactly. so that 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 meme reflect token will never materialize like does it, it it probably didn't need to in the first place but it's not our place to say whether it does or doesn't so yeah. in in turn they could go to you guys and say hey we're this token we'd like to incorporate losses you're like yeah go ahead
1: yeah yeah and uh, basically what we are doing uh, right now is like developing uh token minter, basically. So right now, whenever a project, you know, wants to in, uh, integrate lossless, uh, we have to do it manually and we have to walk them through the process. We have all the documentation, but we have to assign a tech guy that walks them through it. And, you know, it takes a long time. But yeah. what we're also building, you know, to, is an automated basically token generated that anyone who is, you know, coming up with the crypto project can uh, mint their, to- you know, deploy their token contract which would uh, issue them tokens with the lossless security parameters integrated from the first step, and uh, you know, once uh, uh, once that is done, there will be an option to get uh, a security audit for ha- from from Hacken too. Um, but that would come with the, with with some cost, you know, because they they will have to still check it. But uh, if the project team wants to do some tweaks to the to the you know token and, and add some stuff uh, uh, that is proprietary proprietary, but uh, we are also you know de- developing this, this token minter so that anyone who has a crypto idea who wants to um, you know launch a token project can do that with some de- DeFi security parameters integrated.
0: Perfect yeah that sounds awesome and <laughs> I'm sure it'll get a ton of use because um, pe- people want that right yeah it's, and it will sheesh. you know
1: streamline our process
0: you know it's gonna be a win-win. Yeah so now at the heart of it all it's a crypto project So you guys have the LSS token and with the token itself, um, that is what you need to gain access to the staking platform. And so this is going to be an important token for the white hat hackers out there looking for something to do with their time and a way to kind of make income from these things. So talk to me about the LSS token uh, supply market cap and, and those types of things
1: uh well uh we have like uh just uh a few days ago or or last week if uh, i'm not mistaken we just uh, unlocked the second vesting tokens of the you know private sale uh we didn't have a huge price dump so we are excited you know the market of course crashed so we we got (laughs) dragged down too but but it wasn't due to the fact that you know investors started selling so we're happy we're very happy about that because it shows that you know those who participated in the private sale actually don't want to just dump the tokens in our in our um you know uh, at least from what we see right now are are looking on the long term uh right now the market cap is i think about four million and there's uh, the total supply is 100 million and now there's 21 million in circulation but you know uh, i might be wrong because honestly we try not to over concentrate on the price dynamics you know sure. you now we know that if we do our jobs right the market will respond and we just need to onboard uh Projects to the lossless standard and then uh, just do you know what we we claim to do to stop some hacks And then people will notice us and uh, they will start talking about it and the community will pick up and hopefully everything will uh, Turn out great. Just uh, you know, we just released our um, uh, MVP today uh, for early access, so they're still being checked by the early adopters and I think tomorrow uh, we'll have the, the, uh, the MVP public so When this uh, podcast airs, I think uh, it will be already live and, you know, uh, open for public to investigate. And, uh, you know, right now we're also working on the assembling the lossless committee, uh, those nine independent uh, experts that would uh, help us to verify hacks uh, during potential exploits. Um, And we should come out with some really, uh, you know, high-level names soon, so we're pretty excited about that too.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And one of the things that I, I thought was really cool, and you see that you see this kind of like in the way that dot handles validators too, but um for the for the white hats on the platform that are staking LSS to access it, if they raise a false alarm, there's actually a punitive impact, right? Yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> Uh, at the end
1: of the day, this is crypto, you know, and there, there's a troll hanging in every <laughs> yeah. in, in every shade in every corner. So if we just allow anyone to try, you know, to freeze any transaction that they want, so there will be for sure people who will take advantage of that. So we don't want to do that, you know. So first of all, people who are you know really willing to kind of report or or vouch that some transaction is at least suspicious, you know, they will have to stake some um, uh, five thousand. Uh, dollars worth of lss to kind of be uh, able to report a transaction and to freeze it and if the claim is uh, you know regarded as false after an investigation then they will be punished they will not lose you know all of the um five thousand um, dollars instantly but they will be you know at first of all logged that this address uh, made a mistake but we all make mistakes right so we mm-hmm. want to kind of keep the first uh, level of punishment um kind of, you know, easy and then um uh, get uh, you know tougher if if the perpetrator keeps on his or her shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that that makes sense. Uh so you guys, you know, you guys have thought about a lot of angles here in creating this project and so I'm, now I'm interested about the team and, and your guys' backgrounds, how how the concept came together and and where it all started.
1: Uh yeah, so uh I, I jumped uh, on board a bit uh, later down the road. I'm like a, a, a new kid on the block. Uh, I joined like three months ago, right? But the, 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 the team uh, started working on this uh, early this year. And the concept came pretty natural. You know, the founders have been engaged in DeFi and, you know, you only need to be burned a few times while Mm -hmm. farming some insane APRs to understand the need for something like lossless, right? I've been there myself myself and, you know... so the, the idea came pretty naturally, and and the, um, we uh, regarding the team, we're all basically uh, from the 2017 crypto generation, born in the previous bull cycle, and you know, and we just yeah. uh, kept grinding through the bear market, uh, working mostly uh, here in Lithuania, uh, because Lithuania is like in the middle of Europe, and we have a, a pretty active crypto community, and you know. If you uh, have survived through like uh, last four years, so you basically know anyone, everyone who's working here, <laughs> and uh, the team just came together. You know, we got uh, we onboarded some uh, cool uh, developer guy who is running, who is the tech lead right now, Domantas. So you know, uh, we came with the, the the founders came with the idea, and Domantas said, "Okay, I think we can make it happen." You know, I need to do some research. He he dug, um, you know. Um, he dug deep for a couple of weeks in his cave, and you know he came out. I think I know how we can do it, and then we we started, you know, working on the governance and how to make, as I said, you know. We still need to implement some some level of centralization, but we won't do, don't want to overdo it because we don't want you know to have too much control because then it will come back at us, you know. Right. So we're starting developing it, and you know it's still uh, it's still a process that we um, we think that we're gonna you know shape some things around and then make some changes. But uh, right now the vision is pretty b- bright, and we believe that we can do it. And uh, um, like
0: time will tell, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a great story. And shout out to Lithuania. Haven't had, yeah, haven't had Lithuania represented on the show yet. So You um, should visit,
1: but uh, just wait yeah, until love the spring, to. man. Yeah. Yeah. The winters are pretty, pretty, pretty nasty here.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm a fan of snow, so I might, I might actually oh, okay. like the, the winter scenery myself. Um, so 2017 run, it's, it's, it's great that you bring that up um, because everything was so much different then and there was such a heavy reliance on centralized exchange so you guys know like how how transcendent DeFi has become um because back in that run you know like if you wanted the hottest newest coins or you wanted to get out in front of something you had to go on some of the sketchiest sites imaginable um (laughs) some of them barely legible right but like they had that hot new coin So, what it, it, um, I don't, you know, market stuff aside, like, what does it feel like to go from being a participant in 2017 and operating in that environment, which was very much reliant on centralized exchange, to now, you know, four years later, you're running a DeFi project (laughs) that (laughs) operates completely outside the realm of what was once the focal point of crypto?
1: It's, it's just, uh, you know, is insane, I would say. It's just this industry moves so fast that you have to, you know, run as fast as you can just to stay in the same place. So, you know, you cannot fall asleep here, but, you know, from this rate of innovation and i think with defi uh, this uh, you know it just started connecting all of these scattered crypto projects and all of these different services together into some sort of a system which uh, i would say it was way more fragmented way back in 2017 so and you know for me it's that this integration from various source uh, from various sources uh is what brings the, the the efficiency and this what brings the yield, you know, and this what brings the incentive for people to build because uh, one more thing that I love about DeFi is, uh, you know, uh, way back in 2017, people, first of all, you know, they would create a white paper and they create a token and they say, okay guys, invest in us and then we'll create a product. With DeFi, there's a lot of these protocols who first of all are deployed on the blockchain and when someone starts using them, then that token actually has value and you can you know vouch for that value and say look at the on-chain data you know these these are the uh, addresses that are interacting this is the volume that we do and stuff like that so it you know transformed a bit uh, the, the whole concept and the way I see it things and now I can easily easier kind of you know uh, explain why there's value in what we do to people who are outside of the industry because yesterday I was at uh, a friend's, uh, friend's house and there you know working um from their traditional lives and having basically no exposure to crypto and we talked about nfts and i'm i was showing them nft rocks that are selling for one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> and it just blew their mind you know so it's yeah. just, you really have to be in the industry to kind of grasp this because
0: otherwise you're just like some alien from another planet <laughs> yeah yeah it's quite the thing you know i love going around the neighborhood they're like what do you do oh, I, I work i work on bananas you know like that's what i do um but yeah no that's uh it's it's really hard for people for people who aren't exposed to crypto and even just the that have kind of their toes in the water with like oh i got doge on Robinhood. um those types it's it's the it's a whole new world
1: yeah yeah. but But the market has gone so, so big right now. So it's getting harder to someone to ignore it. You know, you might not understand it, but at least you're hearing about it. You know, there's this like, I I, I saw that Stephen Curry from the Golden State Warriors just joined FTX as an Mm -hmm. ambassador. So it's huge, right? It's just like...
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and, you know, the the athletes and the musicians and the pop culture icons are having NFTs as like their avatars on social media. And so it's great. I mean, (laughs) I I love to see people get in. I mean, we definitely need to come up with better ways to bring people up to speed, you know, and and it's something Mm -hmm. that we're working on at ApeSwap is to kind of on-ramp people better into DeFi. So once they're in the space, they're not clueless.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I think cause... there's true value to that because, yeah, for the first time I read about impermanent loss, man, it just was. <laughs> I got <laughs> yeah. my, you know it's like, what how i don't understand how it works but you know you, you just have to be at it you know for for kind of ram the same problem from different sites for for a number of times and then in, in time you understand but uh, there's real value you know in, in educating people and onboarding them in a true way because otherwise they they you know participate in giveaway scams and they, mm-hmm. they get burned and they say that the whole industry is, is, is a
0: scam yeah, they have no idea that there are just vultures <laughs> and vampires lurking in every corner waiting to take advantage of them. I mean, in some cases, you know, crypto is like that dark alley in the big city you don't want to go down late at night. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that way, right? Because yeah. like you could walk through the alley with a floodlight if you wanted to. And you'd see everything around if you wanted to shine your light over there, and you don't have anything to be concerned about. But it just takes years of experience to get there, mm-hmm. and yeah. the the knowledge is gate kept, right? <laughs> because it's like, oh well, you know, I, I earned my stripes by getting rugged a hundred times or <laughs> getting social engineered and putting my private seed on the, on the first link on Google, and so like, you know, they're either embarrassed to talk about it or yeah, you know, like. Uh, so we we need to do a lot better as a space. Yeah, and, I and I sharing. get embarrassed.
1: I got embarrassed when I got rugged on DeFi protocols. You know, it's just like, <laughs> uh, just like just send my money to some random account who just promised like insane returns. And what was I thinking? I knew this is probably a scam, you know. But I just did it. <laughs> yep. you just have to, you know, own your mistakes, and you know, you get better through through time.
0: It well. <laughs> And they'll come in. They'll pretend to be the ApeSwap founders, and like one of them, he he spoofed Obi's profile and he slid into uh, Ape Guru's DM and he was like, you know, Guru knew it was a scam and Guru was like, oh hey, he was like, do you want do you want all the private keys for all of our LPs? He's like, yes, please send them over. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god, like is this really what you guys do? Like, all right. <laughs> So anyway, back to lossless Uh, looking ahead. So there's, you know, this is a startup and everything's still coming together. So talk to me about the rest of this year and then look into 2022.
1: Yeah, so basically, uh, this year we, we, we are coming out with the token minter. You know, uh, we're hoping to have it launched early October to in the first week of October. So uh, it's uh, right now as the MVP got released. You know, it's gonna be like the the priority number one to get that out to the community. So basically, it would help our biz uh, biz de- development and tech guys. You know, to to focus on other things, and we could you know redirect projects that are want to you know. Ad- Launch their token, the new project that the projects that want to launch the token to, to the token minter. Uh, then we are uh, we want to kind of broaden our uh, platform because uh, let's say right now we're uh, offering some st- uh, LSS staking and farming opportunities but using third party sources. So we want to bring that in house and to kind of um, create a place where the community can hang out and you know interact. they're going to be a chat, there's going to be they will be able to stake and farm, you know, use the token minter. So to kind of of uh, plug all of these different things that we're doing into into one interface uh then we're planning some community engagement with nfts because man this is like nft summer right you you cannot mm. miss that the train so we're doing something with that but that's going to be you know a small thing just to to uh to engage with the community and uh the last thing that we're looking to do before the end of the year is to kind of uh, lost uh, launched the lossless standard with full functionality, so we can, you know, uh, have the proof of um, proof of stake uh, uh, hack platform, and we could uh, initiate and, you know, uh, report transactions and then freeze them. Uh, if necessary so that's the plan for for the rest of the year and then the next year comes with the uh, LRAP tokens and and you know talking to DeFi protocols and lending protocols and creating some solutions to help them protect themselves from potential rug pulls and then protect their reserve assets uh, like Ethereum, Bitcoin, Aave and, and whatever they hold.
0: That's great. <laughs> That's great. A lot, to, a lot to look forward to. And actually, I know a couple people that would just be infatuated with the project and will likely end up staking on the platform. So I'm excited for it to come out. Cool. We're excited too, man. Yeah, That's great. All right. Well, Viziris, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate the time and the conversation. Um, I love what you guys are doing in terms of providing a more secure environment for people to track uh, transact in. And I also love the element, any element of the market. market regulating itself just always is huge for me. So appreciate everything you guys do. And thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having us. And, you know, it was great.
0: To, uh, I had a great time talking to you, man. Yeah, me too. All right, Apes, you guys have a great day. We'll see you next time. Cool, bye.